Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Talk to me, man. It's your boy, Young Hope. We turn the motherfucking noise up. We can get right into the proceedings this evening. Headphones at the start. Bring it down a little bit. Okay. Now we working with it. The boy face up and baseline, baby. Welcome to New York City. Crack in my clothes, don't make me have to relapse on these hoes. Take it back out, they taxing them roll. When I was hugging it, niggas couldn't do nothing with it. Straight from the oven with it, came from the dirt. I emerged from it all without a stain on my shirt. You could blame my old earth for the shit she instilled in me. Still with me, pain plus work. Shit, she made me milk this game for all this work. That's right. These niggas can't fuck with me. I'm calling guts every time, track my nuts every time, homie. We make a great combination, don't we? Me in the face, small. Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff vs. the World Presents the I Am Not Dave Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 20.5, part two. In part two, this time, I got my man back. He's back, ready to talk about some wrestling with me. My man, Manny, what's going on? Good, sir. What's going on? What's going on? Sorry for for the long absence. My fault. Hey, man. Life happens. <laughs> no, no sweat. Nah, for real, for real. Cause uh, like I said, I threw that, I threw that Ubuck, uh, yeah, Young Bucks and um, Usos episode out there just because I was drinking and I said, you know what, I got the time tonight. So that well, I tell you, man, sometimes it's therapeutic. You know, this hey, people don't understand this podcast thing is therapeutic. This is, oh this yeah, is, absolutely. This is very therapeutic for us right now. All right, so we are part two. We haven't officially done 21 yet, and we'll talk about 21 uh, probably a bit by the end of this show, but we're not going to keep you long okay. tonight. Okay. I talked to my man, man, and I told him, yeah, I want to do an episode, and I did put it out on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I want to talk about, this episode is the episode about Cody. As we know, we're talking about Cody Rhodes, uh, the American Dream son, whatever you want to call him, Gold Dust, Stardust, whatever he calling himself today. This is what the show is going to be about. It's going to be about <laughs> Cody and how he sees himself and how fans see him, especially in AEW. First and foremost, what I want to ask you is, and we can make this short because we don't have to elaborate about his uh, mm-hmm. WWE, uh, WWE mm-hmm. career. But what do you think about his career? Anybody pretty much can be a Hall of Fame. All Vince got to say is, I want you in right. the Hall of Fame. So that's not a question. The question is, how would you evaluate and look at his career as far as, you know, what he accomplished, what he did, and the mark that he left there? Well, as far as WWE, I always kind of looked at him as a guy that was wasted potential. Um, and and wasted potential on the 
the company's part, not on him. I thought that he did the best that he could with everything that he was given. Um, I think a lot of times he was given shit and he made chicken salad out of it or close to chicken salad out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked Cody. I've always thought that there was something there with him. Obviously, I, I don't I don't know if he's Steve Austin. I don't know if he's Hulk Hogan. I don't know if he's Bruno San Martino. And what I mean by that is, is he the next face of the industry, a pillar, a guy that you build your organization around? I don't know about that. But I think he's definitely a talented individual. I mean, it's in his genes, it's in his blood. So I know that this business runs in that in that gene pool of his. Right. So I think he's a talented dude. And as far as his WWE run, you know, like I said, I, I always felt like he was a guy that, for whatever reason, the company just never felt like they could get behind him. It's like they had opportunities. They, they had stops and starts with him. They had moments where they felt like they were going to do things with him. And they just, for whatever the reason, um, they it just just never materialized to nothing more, man. And I, I really feel like that was on the company. I just felt like they never really knew what to really do with him, you know, make him kind of this like, you know, I guess Randy Orton clone where he's just the second generation guy who, you know, is is ravishing. You know, what, what was that gimmick? Was it uh, uh, dashing? Uh, was it, what was that? Dashing, dashing Cody Rhodes. Rhodes if it was that. Yeah. Then it was the 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 guy that didn't want to see his face or his reflection because he was he, uh, Ray Mysterio broke his nose or whatever what was that was that still dashing Cody? I Rose think that yeah, I think that was maniacal. something okay. that was the same thing. Whatever. Yeah. So they went there, and then they then you know obviously they had the whole run with the legacy, and that kind of fizzled out. And then of course he had the run with the tag. I actually thought his best run was when he was. Um, even though the Stardust thing was a complete shit show, he made that into something worthwhile and memorable and i thought his best run in the company was with that tag team with his brother Goldust, and i actually thought that that tag team could have been money um especially feuding with the authority and all that i actually thought one of probably his high point um in the company but you know every time throughout the throughout his time there i actually, I actually thought that i liked him i thought he was a guy that they could have done more with and it just it just never felt like they they either knew what to do with him or they had ideas for him and they're just kind of uh, whatever they just kind of they went on to something else, so I think he left a. a pr- it's it's hard to say obviously because he's he's not he wasn't there that long, mm-hmm. and he didn't have the mark that say uh, you know a Dean Ambrose or you know somebody else of that stature would have had or Chris Jericho obviously, but I think he he had a good run and I think if if his career ended today no AEW nothing I think a lot of people would look at um, his run in WWE as a guy who. I think most people would agree they could have done something more with. Okay. I, you know what? I won't even argue that. I think you're absolutely right. I think if you mm-hmm. wanted to grade his WWE career, I think we can say it was incomplete. I think that's the yeah. best way to say it. It was incomplete. While you had moments, I think, I think he had a, I want to say he had a decent IC run or either it was becoming a decent IC run. And I believe they took it off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I remember I think he was the one who brought the original belt back with the white strap. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is you know that was cool or whatever. I think he had pockets, pocket you know moments in the pocket here and there that you like. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, so his career is we'll say it's incomplete, and I'm fine with that. Um, again, of course he can get into the Hall of Fame. That's not really hard. That's just <laughs> whoever the. 
I mean, listen, if we do this podcast long enough and we talk about WWE, right. enough, we'll, get it, we'll get into the Hall Yeah, of right. It, it, it's not a big barometer there. Exactly. So we transitioned from Cody, and I believe the year was um, 2016, and he departs WWE. Uh, for very, very, for whatever reasons, I'm not. I can't re- exactly remember if they let go. I think, or if he, he, yeah, he well, he walked away. I'm not mistaken, because I think he said, uh, you know, Triple H somewhat took offense to him leaving, and you know, he was telling him something like, "All we did for your dad and stuff," and he, you know, told him, "I'm not my dad. You know, I gotta be my own man, basically, and mm-hmm. I can't be here anymore because I know I got more to offer the world." Okay, fine, no problem with that. Everybody remembers the Cody list, right? The list that went around the internet. He, you know, yep. his dream matches yep. and things like that. Yep. Cool. Thought that was awesome. I thought he wanted to knock these things off his bucket list. Awesome. No problem with that. But what I do think happened, and this is probably going to be the, the meat of what the topic is tonight, is that when he initially started, there was that backlash from a pocket of fans you know he didn't belong in the indies and you know what is he what type of matches are he gonna have because the one thing about cody was while now which cody didn't have a lot of standout matches this is called it what it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so him his you know his list and promotions that he began to work with it was um a process for him to learn the independence I think and everybody you know once you listen to this you could tell me if I'm wrong we could talk about it on Twitter or whatever it may be I think that the blessing in the sky for Cody was getting hooked up with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega agreed I think him being in Ring of Honor all of them gravitating towards each other, him being able to work in New Japan and be with those guys. I'm not going to say that it he got to hide in plain sight, but I'm telling you, he got to hide in plain sight. <laughs> um, I, well, it's interesting, right? Because I think Cody was a WWE developmental guy. Like, I don't think he ever did any runs in the Indies before he got signed. No, like, he did. Right? It was a, it was a, right. it was so a I, growing experience for him. Right. So I, I think that's kind of been the issue with a lot of those developmental guys in WWE before kind of this run of NXT over the last decade or so. Um, remember, it was that you know the guy, you know, there was the indie scene and there was the WWE developmental scene. There wasn't much interaction between the two and i think that the problem was that a lot of these developmental guys didn't get a chance to really hone their craft at a young age because they were basically sucked up by the wwe ecosystem and didn't really develop didn't really do much work outside of the wwe system and i think that cody was a victim of that because remember cody when he came up this was before nxt this was before any of that before the nxt we know now Right, right. Yeah. Before the NXT that we know now, right? I think Cody was a was an alum of OVW and 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 and, and of sorts. So I think I, I think that that was kind of the issue with that in the sense that he was a guy that kind of came up and he had the pedigree, obviously, of being Dusty Rhodes' son. And I think that he just it's like it's like plucking a guy, it's like plucking a, a minor league pitcher out of high school and then just putting him in the major leagues. 
He didn't get a chance to go to double A. He didn't get a chance to go to triple A. He didn't get a chance to go to high A, you know, in some godforsaken town in, in Timbuktu, Alabama. Like he didn't get a chance to hone his craft. So I think that when he went back to the, or when he went to the Indies, what, in 2016, 2017, you know, I think it was like, it was like a pitcher. It was like a guy that had already been in the major leagues, already had success that had to go all the way back down to the minor leagues. And in a way, kind of learn his craft. You get what I'm saying? Like, in a way, yes. kind of like hone his craft. And I think that people, and, and, and like, I don't know what it is about that with wrestling. Like, people are afraid to say that. Like, no, you need to hone your craft. Like, you need to, a lot of veterans have said this. Like, you need to bounce around different territories. Back in the day, territories. Now, indie promotions. Bounce around different promotions, different territories, whatever you want to call it. And just be yes. in that ecosystem. Because Learn how to work. Work with different opponents. Because right. you, you know how it is. You work in WWE. You're working the same style each and every night, each and every match, even with each and every opponent. It's different. You know what I mean? It's or it's not, I shouldn't say it's different. It's 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 the same. It gets stale and, and you only learn one way of the business, as opposed to guys that have bounced around, that have been in different promotions. We'll use you know, a guy that's popular in the news and popular among this podcast, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan had a whole basic Hall of Fame career before he got to WWE. Right. So and- it's like and you know why that was, right? Because William Regal told him, work, do not sign the WWE early. Work as many yeah. different places as you can first. Yeah, then absolutely. come back. And then come and that's sign. Why and that's why William Regal is one of the best minds in this business, right? Because he understood he understood that. And he's not the only one. A lot of a lot of OGs understand this. Like you gotta work. You know, you got to work different styles. You got to work around different promotions, man. This is how you, this is how you're going to, this is how you're going to get to that point where you are that guy. And sure, there are exceptions to the rules. We're watching Roman Reigns now flourish in his role now. And he's a guy that never worked in indie scene in his life. So, you know, it doesn't, that isn't apply, that isn't applicable to everybody. But ideally, you want your guys to have at least bounced around a little bit and gotten a taste of different styles throughout the throughout the globe. But so I think that that was the issue with Kobe, uh, Cody, in that sense. But that's not no, that's not that's not even the issue, because I understand it, and mm-hmm. I one hundred percent understand where he was coming from. He knew I'm an outsider, and I'm not familiar with this. I'm not familiar working um, in New York City. And then go having to go to Philadelphia the next night and working a completely different crowd, uh, and they want something different. They don't want right. one, two, three, one, one, two, three, one. They want more of that freedom to draw. And I think Cody learned that on the job. I think you know him being you know he cut because he's he's already um, an excellent wrestler, right? So he right. so it's not going to be difficult for him to learn that like oh I don't have to do I don't have to be there I can do this and nobody's going to fuss at me nobody's going to yell at me he had to grow and learn that when I said he was hiding in plain sight what I'm saying is I believe that he was around so many indie darlings that so many people loved that it somewhat rubbed off on him and it was just okay. Oh, that's Cody. Okay, it's cool, whatever. So he, you know, he was involved in He all. got love. He got loved by association. He got loved by association because I still remember watching and I maybe still have the DVD of him being in Ring on and it was kind of like the crowd was like, 
yeah, I guess we like you. I guess you're cool <laughs> now. Right. It was kind of that thing of, I don't know. But then All In came. Remember, we got 2018. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was 2018 or 2019. 2018, I believe. It Ticket, was 2018. Tickets sold out in 30 minutes. And yep. Cody was involved. It was Cody and the Bucks. And he they was the did. Face of it. Yeah. Right. And he was the face. He was what everybody saw because, you know, him and the Bucks have, you know, became closer, close friends. And that's just what happened. You know, it was their thing. And they got it off the ground. And people loved them. And the people were like, yay, Cody, I'm glad you did this. This is something we needed. We didn't know we was getting AEW. It was rumblings about it. But for that moment, you know, Kobe was the man. And then it got bigger with AEW. Oh, shit. We got AEW. Mm-hmm. Cody and the Bucks and Omega going to be all uh, be EVPs. And this is so dope. And, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that. And while this is all happening, even prior to this, you know, we got Cody, Bucks, and Omega. Just Cody and the Bucks leaving Ring of Honor. Oh, shit. You know, it's like, wait a minute. And then they leaving New Japan, too. And, you know, that right. started the rift between all those promotions and, like, we're not going to work with AEW. Or we, you know, right, right, right. You know all that nonsense yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So we got to a point where AEW, it's a thing now. And I remember somebody having a really bad taste in their mouth. I believe it was the Sean Spears match. And Cody had slammed a, a sledgehammer on the throne. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember it was on a podcast. I think it was just like a random fan. He was just like, what was the point in that? And me thinking initially then, oh, it wasn't a big point. You know, it was just that whole wrestling thing. Like, yeah, you know, fuck you. Ha ha. Wink and nod. Mm-hmm. And basically what the person was trying to say was, does Cody think he's a little bit bigger than what he, you know, <laughs> what he is? <laughs> and I didn't think nothing of it. Then I just like, oh, just a fan, you know, with his opinion or whatever stuff like that. I don't see anything. It was fine. But when you go back and look at it right now today, how did that help Sean Spears? Because after that match, it was like he was done with Sean Spears. Yeah. And Sean Spears, it that match didn't get Sean Spears over. We're we're still somewhat in the rehabilitation of trying to get Sean Spears. To being something, even being in that group right now, um, you know, it's still work to be done with him. So, what yeah. did Cody really do to get him over? Hmm. Okay. Then we move. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then we move to MJF. Okay. Yeah, he did it. So you know, he beat Cody. So Cody can never have a world title match. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> I still right. think, you know, eventually that's going to go by the wayside. But, you know, okay, so somewhat okay. MJF, all right. Uh, let's look at somebody else. Darby, Darby Allen. Uh-huh. Before he um, went against him for the TNA, uh, when Cody went through his little run of matches with the uh, TV title. Uh, would you say he helped out Darby some? I guess. Yeah. It's kind of uh, hard. Yeah. Him and Doug. I mean, I guess it depends on your per- on your perspective of what's help. Yeah, you know, did he get did he help get him over more? Uh, because you remember now, I remember that I vividly remember. I just don't think a lot of people come out stronger, even with a loss, losing to Cody. 
and I'll get to the uh, go-go. That's what I'm sure that's what everybody wants to hear about, but we all know. <laughs> and, you know, we'll get to that match. Oh, you got to set it up. You got to set yeah. it up. I feel you. So I'm just more, I'm starting to think now, like, maybe people write about Cody. And then I'm just seeing these drawn out interests. Like, I'm, shouldn't Omega have the best interest? Shouldn't the world champion, even if it was Moxley or whoever, shouldn't they have the biggest interest? But no, like he bigfoots when it comes to the interest. I'm like, God damn, bro, you just you match number two. Relax, <laughs> like, <laughs> like nah, bro, bro. <laughs> I'm just looking and I'm just like, I guess. And it maybe is that, the, and maybe to give him credit, maybe it's just something that you know, one of those things he learned from being in WWE about interests and making an appearance and you know letting people know you're there and being a big star because you know that's what he learned when he was there about being a star that's what he was he was a superstar a wrestling superstar so maybe that's something that he just learned from him maybe as far as that goes maybe i'm overthinking it or maybe i'm underselling it i don't i'm, I'm not sure but i just know it sticks out because it's like all right, bro, if you're going to be the mid-card or if you're going to kind of push yourself away from the world title and you want to work with all these young stars, why don't these stars be come out better after dealing with you? But he would he would say that – I feel everything that you're saying. Right. right. So let's, 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 let's start there. I'm just playing devil's advocate that he would say mm-hmm. that – uh, a Cody Rhodes is a star, and these guys are by definition stars or pushed up to another level or another notch because they're in the ring with me and they have involvement with me. That's what he would say. All right. Okay. If that's what he would say, I can instantly go to the GoGo match right now. Say so you beat a GoGo, and now where is he? Because now you're feuding mm-hmm. with QT Marshall. So yeah. where did it help? A go-go at. And then on top of that, the punch that he gave him in their match, he couldn't pin him, but when he gave it to him against QT Marshall in the tag match, he got knocked clean out. Make it make sense. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's like... No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Listen, I, I think the crux of the discussion is that it's funny, right? Because Cody Rhodes was very critical of guys like Triple H and, and just guys in WWE in general, right? Mm-hmm. Were kind of gatekeepers and holding young talent back right and it's very convenient that now he's essentially doing the same thing right in aew just in a different way i mean essentially cody rhodes is triple h i mean everything that you're saying is like in my head kind of describing triple h like they are the same people honestly realistically they're guys they're they're two guys that i think while supremely talented, very talented guys, they're not the guy. They're not the guy. They're the guy that works with the guy. You know, Jim Cornette famously, and I know Jim Cornette is, 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 is a, it's a horrible name to bring up among some circles in, in, the, in the internet wrestling community. But Jim Cornette, I think, said this perfectly, is that Triple H is not the guy. He's the guy that works with the guy that got the guy that draws money. I push back on that. Right. And, and the only reason I push back though on that is because I saw what he did in, in 2002. That wasn't, the, and that was awesome. 
that run, I think, to a 2001 or 2002. I can't remember. The run he had before he got his quad, hurt his quad. Uh, no, oh, two, two, uh, 99. Well, ba- basically late 99 to 2001. Yeah. Around that time, right before he got hurt. I don't know if it's quad or ACL or whatever oh, yeah, it was. The, quad, the, the first quad, the first quad injury when he heard it against, uh, in the he, he was and, awesome. And, and, no, he was awesome. And that's not to say that that's not to say that he, that he's not awesome. It's just to say that would that run have been the same or been looked at the same if you didn't have a rock, if you didn't have a stone cold there as the folks playing off of it you get what i'm saying like if that run is the same triple h and it's you know john i mean cena, is that maybe the i mean i, I don't want to say john cena if that if that run is that run the same if it's rob van dam as the face the only unfair you know? thing the only unfair thing about that is you got to play with the cards you give it and unf- no, no, and I and I understand that. I get that, and 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 it's unfair. I think Triple A sometimes is, is a victim of circumstance. Sometimes, even in in his own situation, because you know you 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 only thing you can do is work with the cards that you've been given, right? Like you you can only be put in the era that you're in. Like you, it's unfair to play that game. Oh, put Triple H in the '80s. Would he be there? like? You can't you can't do that, right? right. <laughs> he was he was in the era that he was in. And was he successful in the area and the era that he that he partook in, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it, but I do think that there. But but I think the issue with Triple H is that he sees himself in a greater light than I think that most people would think. Eh, were you really that guy? Like you were you were a co-star along the way. Like you were good. You were like an like if like you look at it like if it was an ensemble piece. You were like you the third guy in that like I said ensemble. You an important figure of that, but were you the guy? You know what I'm saying? Like were you was you for for the moment for that for a glimpse moment he was. Was it a long ah. was it was it a long thing? No. See, for, there's people like me that look at him as like, yo, it's like if we're looking at this, it's the it, like were you method man? Were you ghostface killer? Were no, he Kwan, was, <laughs> or were you Inspector Deck? You know what I'm saying? It's still an important piece, an important piece. I, but you wasn't the guy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, I, I, I know I, what you. I know what you're saying, and no, he, his, what he brought to the table wasn't what Austin brought, and it wasn't what Rock brought, and those things are because. Both of those guys, even though it took Austin a little bit longer, especially when he got outside the wrestling ring, were bigger than wrestling. They were, they were like everybody knew. Okay, Rock is on borrowed time. It, it, it you know, you just knew it. It was like right. he's on and borrowed. Those guys are once in a generation talent, right? Like, what, like I, I never looked at Triple H as like, oh my god, I'm, I'm watching a once in a generation performer. Triple, I'm like, oh, he's great. Triple H was, you know what Triple H is. And this is the best way I can say it. And I, this is not going to be about Triple H. We got to get back on point. Right. And I, this, he, he's your wrestler's wrestler. He, you know what, what happened? Yeah. R- old time wrestler like Harley Race would probably sit around and say, that boy, you know, he's really good. You know, he'll, he'll, t- he'll yeah. tell you how good he is in the ring. While we would say, is he? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> That's and, what people would and, say. And my issue with Triple H has never been in the ring. When the bell rings, great. Very good to great, great matches, top to bottom. Works well with a lot of different guys. I agree with that. I, I've never. I think the issue has always been about politics and backstage with Triple 
college. Right. And I think that and, and, and people will say, well, oh, those are two different things. No, those are two things that intersect now a lot in I, wrestling. I'm glad. That- and and then and then you can't ignore. And the last thing I'll do about Triple H, because I know this isn't about Triple H, but you, you also the thing with Triple H that you have to consider and, and has to be on the obituary is the, the reign of terror. And I think I think the crux of this discussion is that are we experiencing the Cody reign of terror? <laughs> See, Where, it, it's hard because another thing about Cody is he would dip out for like three or four weeks and then just come back and you'd be like, wait a minute, fuck you, Ben. Right. And it's, yeah. it's he is a very, I get what you're saying. The Triple H thing, I think it's somewhat, as of now, hasn't gotten that bad, but I'm starting to see the signs there. And when and you're I, starting to see the you're starting to see the warts. You're starting to see the issues with it. Like, oh, that's you know this like this things start to sand out more for you. Because when you look at his in okay, when, when you look and again, I'm talking about when he left. When he started working the Indies before AEW, somebody rattled off those matches that he had that was so great in the Indies. And I'm not talking about his first year in the Indies. I'm talking about when you got to maybe year two and three. I think he was in the Indies mm-hmm. from like 2016 to 2019. We'll be yeah. generous. Yeah. Say 2019. I saw, yeah, 2018, 2019. Because I saw him in the Indies a couple times, and there was, the, there was around 2018. Yeah. 2019. He didn't have any standout matches, or nobody wasn't raving about Cody Roll matches, but when he came to AEW, him and Dustin absolutely knocked it out the park. If you want to put mm-hmm. if you want to put ratings on it, yeah, five, six, whatever. I don't know how they do it. Whatever. It was an awesome match and everybody raved about it. Um I think he had a great match with Warlow, the Steel Cage match. That was a mm-hmm. uh, good match. Uh another Cody match. Another Cody match. Is that it? I think that's it. Uh I'm trying to think. Uh Weren't there some other like really good matches with Cody? Uh... I mean, we can look at his um, TNA when he was running with the title, TNA title. He had Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Jack, Jake Hagar, Sonny Kiss, Eddie Kingston, uh, Warhorse, and Scorpio Sky. Mm. And Brody Lee. Uh-oh. None of those matches really stand out to me. I guess the one that would stand out to me the most would be. The one he had with Jungle Boy, and I thought that was more about Jungle Boy than than Cody. Yeah, yeah. But see, you know, I, I wanted to say that match, but I'm just like AEW is doing so, such a perfect job with the Jungle Boy character. That's just going to be like a, a brick to the house once we get finished. Right. It's, it's going to be instant. You know, it's going to be just one of those things mm-hmm. that's there. It doesn't really stick out, but it was one of those. Okay, yeah, he did go against Cody, and he you know pushed him to the limit or whatever. Right. See, and sometimes Cody puts his foot in his mouth. We can go back to the promo. Well, yeah, that that, and I think that that's a lot of it. I think honestly, like for me, like I don't feel this way about Cody, but the people that I know, you included, I feel like it's the things that he says, <laughs> like undercuts what he's actually trying to do. Because again, it's like he, he obviously he books himself. And treats himself like he's bigger than what he is. And then he <laughs> says things that like portray like this image that he's bigger than what he, he is. He talks which, like a Republican. Is- he comes out and he cut a he cut a Republican promo against the go-go. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? 
I'm like that promo he cut. I wish I would have. I wish I had the sound bite. I wish I would have just recorded. He cut a promo married to a black woman, and you let. I mean, you ain't talking to nobody black about this promo, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, but I mean, I don't even want to say maybe it was by design. Who cares if it was? It's still. I, it's still cringe. Um, it was yeah, by nah, listen. you know what it was by design because it was a uh, it was a nineteen eighties promo that doesn't work anymore in twenty twenty one. No, no, no. Clearly, it doesn't. Look, I, I think Cody again. I think he's a talented performer. I do. I I see the issues that you have with him, and I completely agree. Um, I think that he is someone that I think is victim of his own success in the sense that I think that he st- he did a good thing with AEW with all out with, with all in and all that and obviously following it up with the success of AEW. I think he deserves credit. I think he is very much a big part of AEW success through and through. Um, but also, I think he's someone that I think with that success has has it gone to his head. Has it become something almost like, "Yo, dude, you you need to you need to check yourself. Like, you're you're a part of the success, but you're not the guy. You're not the reason for why we're here. You're not the reason why this is happening." And I think I think a lot of it is also like I think Cody's the guy that I feel like he felt he never got the just due credit and respect in WWE. So like, I think he's almost working overtime to kind of like compensate, like create this. Yeah. O- this image. Right. right. Yeah. Overcompensate that image because he himself probably felt like, yo, I'm a talented motherfucker. I'm, I've got Rhodes as my last name and true niggas got me out here fucking curtain jerking facing Sin Cara in a two mat two you know, two minute match, bro, you know, not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, so I think he felt like, yo, when I get my moment, when I get my time, I'm gonna show these motherfuckers how I what I really do. You know, and I think in that, I think that is what's bred a lot of this kind of, you know, I don't even want to. I don't even know what the word to say. This over, over. I don't want to say this, overrating. This overcompensated character. Overcom. Yeah, the character yeah, is this overblown. Yeah. It's like, bro, you know what you know what he is. He's Kanye. He's absolutely. Remember Kanye <laughs> just to say some wild no, shit. No, you know what? Oh my god, dead ass, yo. He really is Kanye. He was Kanye he would just really say is wrestling is Kanye. He would say some wild shit, and you'd be like, "What?" And everybody just looking at me like, eh, "That's that's Kanye. That's Cody. That's what I'm just gonna start saying." Because it's like but the diff- But the difference is though. Kanye would say some wild shit, but Kanye could then drop a mute my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and he could drop a fucking life right. of Apollo. He could drop graduation and it's like, oh, well. And I'm I not don't like what this nigga talk about, but it's like uh it's like you can't you can't be Cody Rhodes can't be Kanye and then you drop in the massacre. You know what I mean? Like, like and I'm not even saying I'm not even saying to the point of Cody, the man outside the ring who's at home chilling, reading a book. I'm just talking about right. his character. This man came out the looking character. like Homelander, the last pay-per-view. <laughs> and I think it, I, I don't even think he realized it until it, everybody said it on the internet. Why is this man dressed up like Homelander? Like, why? I want to I want, I be I want to give him credit and say that it's by design, but I know it's not, obviously. Oh, absolutely it's, not. Because if he... No, it's not. He would have if when somebody tell him eventually tell him about it or he figured it out he's like holy shit what was i thinking 
What was I thinking? Yeah. No, nah, listen, listen, everything that you're saying is correct. And I, yo, you're fucking spot on on that. Kanye. Matter of fact, we got a patent that shit. Like, yo, Kanye or Cody is the new Kanye. Or Cody is wrestling's Kanye. His nah, character right, is. Bro. It's over. No, it's, it's this character. Real. It's this character that's like he see he really sees himself at maybe as, as than wrestling. Maybe as you know what it is? You know before uh Cell got to final form. And he kept saying, oh, you know, once I get the final form, uh, and, you know, Fujita was like, all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, get the final form. I don't care. I'll still beat your ass. <laughs> it's basically like that. Cody hasn't reached final form yet, but he think he he thinks he's there now. Right, I feel like he right. thinks he's there. And he's like, see, WWE, look at me. Right. It's like, yo, you, 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 you act like you left you left the boy band and dropped a bunch of hits. And it's like, at best you've maybe, you know, dropped a couple solid albums, but it, nothing, nothing blew up. Nothing's, you know, nothing's on that level, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. And I think, I think the Kanye thing works because it's like, he overcompensates so much. And it's like, dude, you don't have to overcompensate. You're a talented dude. Everybody knows you're talented. Let your talent speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? Let the character speak for itself. Don't, don't try to put it in this realm where it's like you're trying to do too much or you're trying to say too much that puts you in a situation or puts you in this box where people will even kind of come at you and be like, yo, nah, fam, like you're not even really built like this. You know what I mean? Like that that's what it is with Cody, right? So I absolutely agree with you. Yes. And like I said again, I think that the Young Bucks and Omega was a godsend to him. I think they really were because he got to be in that world and pretty much once he got around them once you know the elite really started and started to do the videos every week and Mm -hmm. all that he got to blend in with them and he got accepted it was like hey come to the cool kids table he got the street cred he got the street cred it was like it's basically like okay here Rockefeller chain come on do you do you do you you, how I, I guess we can kind of rap with it but how how do you think it would have been different if he didn't hook up? Like maybe not. I don't even say hook up because obviously AEW wasn't. You needed that combination of Cody and Young Bucks, right, right, and, right, right, and 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 and, and oh, Kenny to start AEW. But maybe not. Let's say let's say they obviously they link up and they they work together. But maybe the the ingratiation period or that 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 street cred period or that period where you get to kind of hide everything that you talk about. What if that doesn't happen? How different do you think Cody A is perceived? And you think Cody, the characters in AEW today? Well, you know, the first thing I'm going to say, I think Cody needs to be a heel. And it's, if he was a heel, everything he would be doing, it absolutely would work. Yeah, that's the, I agree with you. Cause that's the other issue with them. It's like, you, you forget what the hell he is. Like, I forget what he is. Like, is he a heel tweener? He, he's like he's trying to play the shades of gray character, right? Where it's like depending on the feud, depending on who's he with, he kind of deviates from heel to face or to tweener, and it's like to me that doesn't work, and I I hate that in wrestling. It's like either you're a heel or you're a face. You can't you can't try to play both. That's with you. yeah. That's the number one thing. If he if he was actually remained on the front line. I don't know, bro. I really don't know. Because 
with the with the experience and with everything that happened with all in and with that like magical time in wrestling that like everybody involved is gonna remember everybody who went to the show, you know, we always gonna remember that time. It's as long as our memories let us. And yeah, it was yeah, just it was yeah. just so great. And then to put the icing on the cake and say, Well, we starting a new promotion too. It's almost like, man, Cody, we gonna love you. No matter what, we're going to love you. And mm-hmm. and and be appreciative of this 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 you know this other thing that you have out there so that it's not one game in town and you can go to A, B, C, and D because without AEW, I'm not so sure. Like, like, like everybody's flourishing now. Like, you know what I mean? Like the independence is mm-hmm. like, it's, it's bigger now. It's like yeah. open, like AEW working with everybody and now NW, you know, like you just are ring yeah. of honor. You just got to, it's just flourishing. And it may not be like, like it was, you know, never probably be like it was back in 97 and not, you know, when they were running strong. no, no. No. But it's it's a good time for the workers now because they can go anywhere. They don't have to depend on, you know. So I think he will always be loved for that. I just think my biggest thing with Cody is read the room. You are acting like a fucking villain dressed up as a baby face each and every week. But it's not working. Like, like I said, again, if he was a baby face doing this, it would work. But I don't think it would have played out any different. I just think the road, as far as his character, may have been a little tougher. I think I think he probably needs somebody writing for him because I, I and I don't and honestly I don't know what the imaginations are in AEW. Obviously, I know they have some writers, they have some uh, some sort of a creative team. Maybe not as I think it's a loose. I think uh, if I as it, WWE. If I heard correctly, as far as like his promos and stuff, he writes them and he asks people, you know, how they sound or what do you think I should change? Or, you know, he asks people opinion. So I believe he's writing his own promos um, because, you know, that may be the problem right there, because I think sometimes when you do your own shit, sometimes it's you don't have the self-awareness, especially when you lack self-awareness, which is what clearly Cody has. You lack self-awareness. I think you don't have the ability to kind of step outside of yourself and like look at, okay, how does this sound? How does how would someone perceive me that isn't Cody Rhodes or that isn't this person or that isn't, you know what I mean? Like you lack that. So I think that maybe having, obviously you're still going to have creative control, but having a writer or a group of writers that specifically write for you, that know the character that you're trying to convey, know the, know, you know, I, I think I think what Cody needs is a Paul Heyman. Is a filter. It's someone that's like, yo, too much. Fall back a little bit. Yo, yeah. focus on this. Or do that. You know what I mean? Like you sometimes you need that. You need that guy that's just like, yo, let's 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 rein this in a little bit. Or yo, let's accentuate this part more than this part. You know what I mean? Like you just need that you need that coach. Mike needed a Phil Jackson. You know, Cody needs, you know, maybe coach Cody needs a Phil Jackson. Like, yo, don't go left, go right. Don't go here, go there. You know what I mean? Like, do this, do that. You know what I mean? Like, you just need that guy to just kind of provide that guidance for you. Because, again, when you're doing it all yourself, again, you and, – and specifically, you lack self-awareness. You don't have that ability to kind of look at it from a different perspective and say, like, okay, this sounds terrible or this sounds too much or this is, like, whatever. Or, like you said, 
this sounds like a Republican giving this kind of promo, <laughs> this antiquated ass fucking promo that doesn't work in today's day and age, right? Like if he had a Paul Heyman, if he had somebody of that nature that could say that, it'd be totally different. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I. It's just one of those things I think. I think he means well too. Like I think Cody means well. Again, it's just that he doesn't read the room. He that's doesn't the number one. Thing. That it's like. That's the number one. And that's thing. why I like and that's why and like people like that, I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving because it's like it's unintentional. Like they're not intentionally doing this. They just don't have that self-awareness. And that's why you need somebody that's like, yo, fall back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You need that homeboy, like, yo, fall back. You know, you need somebody to read the room. You need hell, it's not even somebody like a Paul Heyman. Maybe like, why isn't Kenny? Why isn't the Bucks? Somebody like that on Mass Stature, like, yo. And, and who knows? Maybe they are, and he's just not listening. That's well, that obviously would be I'm, a different I'm topic not, for conversation. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into the rumors of suspected, you know, a rift between. Yeah, the, uh, I yeah, don't know. I, that's that's not me for me to find out. But can I see certain things? Yeah, I have noticed that. Well, why is all these? Like uh, that's another thing. Why the fuck this motherfucker be coming out with twenty motherfuckers to the ring? Like, what is this? <laughs> You got the whole wrestling school coming out with you. I'm just like, bro, what the fuck is this? Like, stop. What are you trying to do here, fam? Like, he, I get he's it. Trying, I get it. He's you want trying to be Triple H, Like, he's trying. Yeah, but you know what's smart about Triple H? Triple H is like, okay, yeah, you're going to be some druids for The Undertaker. Or, you know, we, that's the way we're going to get you experience. You're going to be some mobsters for Cena. Not. Y'all all gonna come out with me with uh, nightmare family gear on? No. <laughs> I, oh man, listen. Oh man, Cody. Cody is the gift that sometimes keeps on giving. Um, yeah, no, nah, bro. Honestly, like I can't even. I can't even rebut anything that you're saying because you're absolutely spot on like he doesn't annoy me as much as he attends to annoy some of my friends you other people that i know like because again you're not the only one that feels this way you, you're just the only one that's like been able to vocalize it in a way that's like ah okay i get it. um like i guess he just doesn't i guess i don't pay attention to him that much like the things that he does don't bother me as, as much so and maybe they should i don't know maybe i'm just desensitized to it but he just doesn't bother me that much. But I can see it. I can see where it would bother someone. I, and I can see where it could be like, yo, you're doing too much. I think the Google thing just set me off. And I think after I saw that. That was then, the trigger. That yeah, was the trigger. That, was yeah. The, that was definitely the trigger. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Google should have won. And it should have been a feud to help this young kid get over. You know, to help him out. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that was like his first match. So let that kid right. win. However you want to let him win. I don't even care. Let him win. Y'all have a feud. You know another month or two and then you know then you go on your way it's just like these like bypassing fuse that don't really mean anything and you know you're not really helping people like that sean spears thing just really sticks out now when you look at it because mm-hmm. you just see sean spears now just kind of like oh okay i'm with a group now but that cody the way they went just there, never was the same it was yeah never, you went was, i hit me with yeah. a chair like you went like one on 100 for this guy and in the end of it, it was just like Nah, I got but my he would, but what he but he would say for every Sean Spears, there's an MJF, like he made MJF or helped yeah, make MJF. But you know what I would say about the MJF thing? Everybody saw that coming. True, 
but hey, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You get credit where you get, you get the credit. Either way, you go get a credit. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he had a, he had a role in it. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a role in it, whether you disagree or disagree or, or, or at least feel like that shit would have happened regardless. It still he, happened with Cody and it, and, and it's like, he gets credit for that. He gets credit for it. And it's going to be absolutely a fantastic uh, chapter in his uh, DVD best of whenever it come out. MJF, yeah. <laughs> it's going. It's and, absolutely going to be something that they talk that's, about. That's the only chapter. That's the only chapter so far. But yeah, know, I mean, it's, it's there. It's it's there. And I, again, a year from now, Cody goes I, heel. All this may be, you know, you know, what I think bridge. it hasn't bothered me. You know, why I think it hasn't bothered me. It's because I think he isn't. He's not wearing the strap. He's not wearing the championship. So he's not at the forefront every goddamn show. I mean, he is, but he isn't. You see, know you see what you just said? Man. Say it again. He is, but he what? <laughs> say it again. You say he is, but he isn't. But he, but he is, but he isn't. See, but that's the problem. Like, that's the problem, what okay. you just said. Touche. Touche. He's, right. he's, he's booking himself to be big. Like, I can't have the title. How can I stun on these hoes? Basically. Uh-huh. Okay. Elaborate interests. Uh, Every week, I got a special announcement. No, you don't. You just got right. some stupid thing you could have said, or it could have been a tweet or something like that. Like, <laughs> Cody, <laughs> Cody is the Cody is that supervisor that calls a meeting at four thirty when y'all Absolutely. get up at five o'clock, and that shit could have been an email. So, Absolutely, man. and I, it, it's just like, all right, Cody. Like, I don't even get hyped. Cody Rose has a special announcement. I'm like, all right, you know, okay, all right, Anderson Kid is gonna wrestle. I saw that uh Friday, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, I was done with a. I was done with AEW special announcements and special teases when the when Paul White was the was the was the surprise uh, you know signing. Well, that's another thing for another time because yeah, it's funny how yeah, whatever. Cody's buddy with a lot of these guys, and I'm just like, uh, save, save, save it, save it, save it in the chamber, save it in the chamber, save, save the clip. In the yeah, chamber. I'm just okay, looking but. at it like. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so we could be here all we could be here all day dissecting this Cody shit. Yeah, and but we won't. We're gonna get up out of here. I I I just definitely want to get behind the microphone and just give give the people something that's been supporting them and asking when another episode was gonna come. I really had something that I wanted to talk about tonight. I'm glad you were able to join me, Manny. But the big announcement, episode twenty one. So finally on the network, they have all of the NXT back on. I'm not finally. I, yeah, I'm not sure how long it's going to take us. Uh, this is going to take a minute to watch. It's going to be one season in particular. Me and Manny are about to take a voyage, and we are going to talk about the career of Daniel Bryan in WWE. Chapter one, we will start in NXT and talk about just the NXT run, just from him being there, being cut, all that good stuff. We're going to start there, and then we're going to keep the ball going. Uh, once we've watched it both together, we'll you know we'll record and we'll let out chapter one, and then we'll go to chapter two. Uh, I guess we'll call that uh, Nexus. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I yeah, guess we'll call that Nexus. Part, yeah. um, and we'll go on from there. If you know his career, you pretty much know how we're going to do this, if you can tell right now. Uh, I we talked about it. Like we said, we want to do something interesting. We want to talk about different things, not just talk about pay-per-views and um, Raws and SmackDowns. So we want a different, different perspective. So that's going to be episode 21. 
when that is coming, I am not going to give you guys a date right now. I'll just say when we watch it, you will know and we'll be out there. Because I don't think the those NXTs were that long. And uh, from what I remember, no, I don't remember them being super long. And plus, we're only focusing on the Daniel Bryan yeah. stuff, so we're not like you know we're not going to be basically reviewing the whole shows. Yeah, we just talked shows. about Daniel yeah. Bryan. You know, you want we basically want to just focus on his career and mm-hmm. where you know where it's going. So we can have like crazy chapters, like you know, Team Hell No. You know, that's going to be a thing. You know, the Yes movement, you know, will be a chapter. The, the Wyatt family may be a chapter. We're just going to try to, you know, bring something great. And it may not be like every episode. We may skip it. You know, let's do something different. But episode 21 would absolutely be the start of it. Uh, yeah. NXT Daniel Bryan. Sure. This should be fun. I'm really, I'm really hyped up for this because I've been waiting for that. This, you know, for the NXTs to drop all of them finally. So that's the big announcement. That's what we're going to have here. Uh, I am definitely glad that we got this episode out tonight. And Manny, yeah. tell all the good people where they can follow you and everything that you got going. Appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, definitely looking forward to episode 21, man. Stick with us. Well, I, I promise y'all we will we will get it out. <laughs> I know everybody thinking like, damn, these motherfuckers are going to take six months to do this. <laughs> no, we, we're not. We will definitely get it out uh, soon. Very yeah. soon. Trust yeah. me. Sooner than y'all maybe think. Um, but definitely looking forward to it. Daniel Bryan is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. So looking back, doing doing this kind of career retrospective while we're still waiting on what's the next move with him, I thought would be a good place to start. So yeah, just had to add that in there. But um, yeah, as far as uh, y'all know me, man, y'all been y'all been listening to the show. Y'all know who I am, Manny Brown, host of Any Given Sunday, also contributor on Unwrapped Sports. Dead End Sports Podcast, um, and then I also host a baseball podcast called I Love Baseball, which is a little bit on hiatus right now, but I'm definitely bringing that back. Um, as far as me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manuel Brown, also on Facebook, Manuel Brown, and Snapchat, Manuel 15 You can follow my my podcast, Any Given Sunday. It's, uh, it's me along with my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. We do a mix of sports and politics uh, and a few other things in between, but mostly sports and politics. Um and uh, that show is available on all platforms. Anywhere you can find podcasts for free, we are there. And you can follow that show on Twitter at AGS Pod, Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, Any Given Sunday. Uh, definitely go check it out, man. It's a, it's a really dope show. I'm proud of it. Uh, almost at 100 episodes. Been doing the show in, in different iterations for almost uh, five years. In December of this year, will be five years. So it's it's crazy how and, you know, how long I've been doing that show. But I think this current iteration is probably the best and uh, it's been the most successful and it's starting to starting to really do some things. So things hopefully you guys can join me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. So yeah, definitely can join me on there. Uh, I love baseball podcasts. I interview different guests each and every week. We talk about the, the news uh, items of baseball and then also get to ask guests what made them fall in love with baseball. So it's a little bit of a, a, a passion piece for me. So that's a that's a really dope show that I will be resuming episodes this week for. You can catch that on Twitter at IL Baseball Pod, IL Baseball Pod, and of course that podcast is available on all platforms. And then I am also working with MLBBro.com. Uh, it is Rob Parker's Baseball Net Black Baseball Network. Uh, the Black community is severely underrepresented in a lot of different areas. Obviously, we don't even get into that. But especially in baseball, man, black people have black and brown people have a huge, huge, huge 
uh, impact on the history of baseball. And for some reason or another, many reasons we get into a lot. Um, we've been underrepresented over the last 20, 25 years, and we're trying to bring black kids, black youth back to baseball. And part of it is covering baseball, covering black baseball players, covering black baseball players throughout history. And, uh, you know, that's what we try to do on that network. And we have a, an assortment of shows and segments and all that. So you can check it out. MLB Bro, just like it sounds, MLBBro.com. And then you can follow that on Twitter as well at MLBBro.com with the .com written out at MLBBro.com. So, yeah, man, check it out. I got a lot of things in, 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 the, in the kitchen. Uh, but, yeah, definitely check it out. And, of course, join us here for episode 21. We're really looking forward to it. Y'all know what it is. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Jeff versus the world on Twitter. Um, you can check out the Facebook page. You can also follow Jeff versus the world podcast, uh, dot com. Actually, no, go there and you can listen to all the shows, all the, I'm not Dave's, all the hood classics, got a hood classes coming out tomorrow. Best of the best 1989, almost Ooh. a four hour show. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me and Shahid, but this has, this nonsense has got to stop. <laughs> Hey, it'd be like that sometimes, bro. It'd be like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope everybody enjoyed that episode because that was a super fun episode to do. Um, and yeah, we'll be back here with episode 21. Uh, hey, if you've been listening, like I said, last episode, episode 20.5 20. 20. part one, got a lot of responses. People were talking about it. It got some conversation going in the wrestling community. And I'm glad. If you got something going on in the community and I got y'all to talk about it, that's cool. And that's what I enjoy. Uh, you may agree. You may disagree. It didn't really matter. It's just, you know, it was just a fun conversation to have. And I, you know, hope people saw, you know, my side where I was coming from. And maybe you disagree. And it was like, nah, motherfucker, I got something to say about that. But, hey, it is what it is. You may agree or disagree with this one, but it's just something to talk about because, you know, we can only talk about the same things in the wrestling community. Like y'all be bringing up the same conversations every three months. So hopefully this will be some new spark, some new conversations, spark some debates uh, respectfully. Uh, don't be out there disrespecting nobody. But we're going to get up out of here because this is only supposed to be a 30 minute episode. But you know how I am. I just like to talk. Uh so until Damn. then, <laughs> episode 21. Remember, go check out that first NXT with Daniel Bryan. I think it's uh, season one on uh, Peacock. And, you know, watch it, enjoy it. And we'll be back here eventually so y'all can listen to us talk about it and talk about the retrospect of Daniel Bryan, one of the best wrestlers uh, on the planet. And we are of all out. time. Hey, definitely. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.